Welcome to The Coin Club, a podcast brought to you by The Seven House Coins, Currency, Bullion, where we discuss everything related to numismatics. I'm glad to have you along with me for my journey and excited to share with you the very best of numismatics. everyone and welcome to episode 16 of the coin club podcast welcome back to all you faithful listeners and if this is your first time here thanks for tagging along with me as we discuss coins numismatics and whatever else catches my fancy i'm sure we'll eventually talk about some paper money and other items but for now we'll stick with coins what a great time i had in between the last podcast and now I'm sure it's a broken record to all you regular listeners out there. However, I was able to attend my favorite coin show, the Baltimore Whitman Show, of course. Last Friday, I made a day of it and huffed it on down to Baltimore Convention Center for hours and hours of pure coin collecting enjoyment. I can't begin to tell you how satisfying it is to browse over hundreds of dealers and see what they have to offer. There truly was something there for everyone, and it was a great time. Some of my coin friends were working the registration tables, and I even was able to see an old coin club member working security at the door. After a lull in the action due to COVID, most of the same familiar faces showed up, and it was such a pleasure to see them again. I will say that the show seemed like it wasn't as full of dealers as it has been in previous years, but that may be a bit of an unnecessary hit on the show, as there were plenty of tables and dealers to see. The regulars were there as well as some new faces. I hit the floor and worked left of the door as I usually do. I limit myself to two hours and then head across the street and grab a pint or two at the local pub. They have a nice selection of locally brewed beer. Their food selection is great as well. Very tasty. After filling my stomach, I head back on over to the show and start where I left off taking the rest of the afternoon to stroll through what is literally a paradise for coin collectors. Common items, silver, gold, metals, you name it, it's there. Thanksgiving for all of us took place in the U.S. as well. I was able to spend it with the ones that I loved the most. It was a great day filled with laughs and memories and ended with a full stomach of great food. It was a really great time and I hope that your last two weeks were as good as mine. And hopefully you were able to hit a coin show or two in your area. I hope you were able to also take advantage of the plethora of offers that pounded our emails for Black Friday deals from coin and bullion dealers. With all that was going on in my world of coin collecting, I'm ready to bring you some more great news and info to you. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to give you the latest in news, the World Coin Spotlight, some reminders for all you roll hunters out there, and we'll end it with some discussion on collecting cents. Not just from the United States, but all over the world. Thanks again, friends, for listening in. Don't forget to share the show with your coin-collecting friends to help us get out there to the masses. And now, on with the show. In the world of news, Stax Bowers Rarities Night Baltimore Auction sold some very noteworthy NGC holder coins as announced on their website. A 1797 Small Eagle, Half Eagle, 15-star variety graded MS-60. It realized a meager $168,000. 
It is the only one in the NGC census that is in mint state condition. A 1796 small date and large letter silver dollar graded MS-63 sold for $162,000 and a 1912 St. Gallatin's Double Eagle graded proof 65 sold for $108,000. Total for the top nine graded NGC coins at this auction realized a whopping $1,197,000. Heading on over to the other coast, at the Long Beach Collectibles Expo, Stax Bowers had a famous coin on display that some of you might remember seeing on TV. The 1913 Liberty Head Nickel that was made famous on the TV show Hawaii Five-O. It sold for an amount over $4 million to a private client that they did not disclose. The United States Mint released an email to its subscribing masses asking all of us to take a brief survey for them. The deadline was November 28th. I took the survey, and it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. They were feeling out what you were going to buy in 2022, and if you would spend more or less if they didn't introduce the Morgan and Peace dollars. They asked about your spending habits and what you planned on buying. They asked if you wanted to buy certain items at certain prices. There was no comment section for the pricing of the products. I think they should have had one, really. I would have loved to tell them that they overprice and underproduce some of their selections. I guess I'll have to give them some feedback on their website. You should too. In the Coins Online newsletter, the U.S. Mint released their holiday buying guide in November. It is a collection of gift ideas for you and your friends and loved ones to consider for gifts this holiday season. On November 26th, the Mint announced the official design for the 2022 Native American $1 coin. It will commemorate Eli S. Parker, a U.S. Army officer, engineer, and tribal diplomat who served as secretary to Ulysses S. Grant during the Civil War. Parker rendered the formal surrender documents to Robert E. Lee. The reverse design features Parker depicted in an Army uniform with a quill pen and a book, along with the likeness of his graceful signature as symbols of his experience as an expert communicator. Tanawanda Seneca and Hasa Noanda are also inscribed on the reverse. The obverse of the coins features Sacagawea carrying her son, Jean Baptiste. Heritage Auctions announced their December 16th through the 19th U.S. Coin Signature Auction. It features some pretty amazing coins up for bid. There is an 1831 Cap Bust Dime graded Proof 66 by PCGS and many more amazing offers for sale. If your checkbook is heavy, head on over and try and pick some of them up. You can see all their amazing offers on this auction over on their website, coins.ha.com. The American Numismatic Association has a very cool program going on that you should head on over and check out. They are targeting young numismatists and their hard work in maintaining good grades through school. It's called Coins for A's. If you earn three or more A's in school... Have your young numismatist send a copy of their report card in and they'll get a free coin along with the free initial one-year membership to the ANA. I think this is a really cool idea and kudos to them for having this available. All right, friends, it's time for the World Coin Spotlight. We're continuing south to the country of Nicaragua. Nicaragua is a country located in Central America, bordered to the north by Honduras and the south by Costa Rica the east by the Caribbean Sea, and the west by the Pacific Ocean. 
It is the largest country in Central America. It gained its independence from Spain in 1821. It has had a tumultuous past with occupations from time to time by various nations, including the United States, and the Revolutionary War took place from the 60s into 1990. It is amongst the poorest countries of the Americas, but today we're going to take a look at one of the coins from its country. It's a modern era coin from the year 2020. I love trains, and this one sports a beauty on it. The coin is a 10 Cordobas commemorative coin. It is non-circulating, made of sterling silver, 925, weighs in at 13.5 grams, and is 33 millimeters around. The obverse of the coin shows the Nicaraguan coat of arms in a circle with the legend Republica de Nicaragua, America Central, and the value. Coat of arms from all other countries who minted coins for this series is surrounding their coat of arms as well. The reverse of the coin shows the series issue with the date, historic railways, and the centerpiece of the show is a blue-colored steam locomotive. The coin is minted at the Royal Mint of Spain in a proof finish, one that I will for sure have to add to my collection someday. Roll Hunting Reminders has become a popular spot on this podcast. Thanks for all the positive feedback and words of encouragement as I make this a regular on the show. One of the most recent requests was for what to look for while you're searching for half dollars. Here's the thing, folks. Half dollars don't circulate. So anyone new to the hobby who is a roll hunter and whom hears this spot needs a little heads up before you head on over to your bank and grab a couple rolls. You won't. You're more than likely not going to be able to get your hands on a couple rolls of half dollars to search. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news here, but it's true. Banks don't carry them on the regular, and tellers hate it when you turn them in. Some folks get lucky from time to time when they ask for half dollars. Some folks order boxes, and you're even more lucky if your bank will do that for you. With all that said, it never hurts to ask. I do every time I'm at the bank. Okay, so you got your hands on a couple rolls, couple pieces, or maybe even a box. What are you going to look for? The obvious one is silver. Anything dated 1964 or prior is going to be 90% silver. Kennedys, Jeffersons, and if you're really lucky, a barber or a walking liberty. Hang on to these if you're a stacker or sell them for a small profit. Next obvious one to look for is the 40% silver Kennedy half dollar. These dates range from 1965 to 1970. In 1966, the Kennedy Half Dollar was presented in a beloved special mint set. If you get your hands on any of these, take a look at the reverse of the coin for the initials FG for Frank Gasparro. If they're missing, you have a valuable coin. Now folks, when I say valuable, you'll have to do your own research on the prices. I'm not up on current Kennedy era prices. The 1968 San Francisco Minute Half has an inverted mint mark to look for. The upper hook of the S will be larger than the bottom of this type. Another unlikely area that you could find are the 1971D and 1977D, which were struck on a 40% silver planchet. In these years, a few of the older silver planchets were in the mix of the previous year's planchets. The 1974 double die obverse is out there for the hunt. You can see the doubling, especially clear on the trust. You can find a quintuple die obverse in the 1967, visible on the T. 
1982 Philadelphia Minted Coin could sport another no FG, and there are various other varieties to look for on proofs. You're unlikely to find these while roll hunting, though. Well, I hope this helps you get started on your half-dollar roll hunts. Best of luck. So coin collecting can be super expensive or it can be super affordable. It ranges from the hundreds of thousands into the millions for higher end of things. The whole way down to the lonely cent. The lonely, affordable, sometimes loved, sometimes hated cent, which is what we're going to talk about collecting now. It's a great way to get your young people in your life to start collecting, and it's affordable to do it. You can buy them a blue Whitman folder and a couple rolls of coins and get them interested on the hunt to fill those holes. You don't have to be a young collector to love collecting cents. And yes, that is the official term for these coins. Cents, not pennies. You can start this love for cents under $10, including that folder and a couple rolls. Most of the memorial scent dates can be found with a little searching and change or rolls, and the newest of the scents are plentiful. The wheat scent years are where it can get pricey, and the obvious key dates will cost you, for sure. The beauty of scents is that you can continue hunting for the more elusive wheat scents to fill those holes, and at the same time, keep your eye out to upgrade the ones you already have. Replacing a beat-up old 86P you found on the first go-round with a nice shiny example you found a couple months later on. It's really something that is fun and enjoyable, and again, very low cost for those of you who are on a budget, but still want to get into the hobby. If you're stubborn and want to continue to hunt for those elusive wheat scents to fill those holes, all the better. It makes finding them so much more enjoyable. If you want to complete your earlier date set faster, you can find wheat scents at your local brick and mortar coin shop for a relatively good price. I think they're probably going for about five cents a piece now. I don't know. The last time I bought wheat scents was at an auction and nobody was bidding on them, so I got them at face value. Big score for me. Obviously, you're going to pay up for better quality ones and the rarer dates. So you're not a U.S. coin collector, but a world collector, you say. Well, just as good. You can still start a really cool foreign coin collection on the cheap, too. Many foreign countries have done away with the scent, but they're still out there and still plentiful. And again, most are reasonably priced. If you want to find out what countries have gotten rid of their scents, get on Wikipedia. They have a cool list that shows you the country and what year they've gotten rid of their lower denomination coins. This is going to be really helpful in figuring out what path you want to take. Do you want to spend a little more money and start a collection that might be harder to come by? You can figure that out. If you're hunting from scents from Colombia, they minted their scents in the year 1978. So compared to, say, Peru, they stopped minting in the year 2011. This is not to say that the hunt won't be hard if the country stopped most recently. It's just to give you an idea of how long they've been out of the bigger picture. My guess is the longer they've been out of production, the harder it will be to find them and find them in a better condition. Your first stop in collecting these, again, is your closest brick-and-mortar coin shop. Nothing is more pleasurable than visiting these stores and talking to the owners, finding out what they have, and chatting it up while you're searching through their stock. They might have a little bit of foreign currency, or they might have enough to keep you busy for days. Who knows, but being able to look through coins in person, to me, is much more satisfying than getting online and hunting what you're looking for. Then again, if you don't have the time, online might be your best option. 
eBay is your friend for this. As much as we like to complain about eBay, they have it all. They have the audience for coins, and the audience draws the sellers. It's a win-win, really. Prices will be a little more because the sellers need to make money over the top of the cost of the coin and the associated fees, but chances are you're going to find it there. Another great place to look for foreign coins is on Instagram. Coin people from all over the world are on there, and just because you don't see it listed on their page doesn't mean they don't have it. Start up a conversation in a private message and find out what they have to sell. Chances are, if they have scents from other countries, they're happy to offload them, and usually at a good price. I was talking with a coin dealer friend from Argentina a bit ago and found out that he had a bag of them sitting in a store and he couldn't get rid of them. Yep. You got it. Now it's sitting with me. I don't want to say that coin collecting is a dying hobby, because it's not. However, in other parts of the world, it's nowhere near as big as it is here in the U.S. We love our coins, and we certainly love collecting foreign coins as well. Another great point of advice for all you scent lovers out there is to invest in some numismatic literature from other countries where you want to collect. Here in the U.S., your go-to would be the Red Book. You can see how the minage is for each year, the prices, which are a place to start and not the gospel, and it will also tell you what the key dates are as well. You can get a new red book for around about $15. Foreign coin reference books can get a little bit more pricey, but they offer you the same benefits. They're going to tell you what years those scents you're hunting for are the most valuable and what years are affordable. Also, what years they were minted. Most of us know the years that the Lincoln cents were minted, but if you spend all your time hunting for a 2010 cent from Fiji, well, you're just wasting your time unless you have a reference guide. Then you would know that Fiji stopped minting their cents in 2005. Presentation is also paramount when you're putting together a collection. Will you be putting your cents in 2x2 two two cardboard holders and stuffing them in the red 2x2 two two boxes? Or will you invest in a nice leather-bound three-ring binder and some pages to present them in? That can be another fun part of your coin collecting journey. The presentation itself is a great part of the progress of your collection. If you can't afford much, 2x2s will work just fine and you can upgrade them from there. Please share with me your scent collections, your binders, storage methods, or other suggestions, and I would love to share them on my Instagram page so everyone else can see how the rest of the world's scent collectors do it. Well, friends, as always, I really enjoyed having you along today for this episode of the podcast. The holidays are coming up, and don't forget to buy that special coin person in your life a very nice numismatic gift. Take some time out of your hectic life and just enjoy the coins. I'm really grateful for all the love and support you show for the podcast day in and day out. And I hope to have you along with me for the next episode of the Coin Club Podcast. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Coin Club Podcast. I had a great time with you today and look forward to sharing with you on the next episode. If you've liked what you've heard, please consider supporting me on Patreon at the Coin Club Podcast. Please follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook at the Seven House Coins Currency Bullion and also on Instagram at the same name. 
You can also go to my website, sevenhouseccb.com, and give me some feedback on this episode or some suggestions on what you would like to see on future episodes. As always, I'm grateful to all of you for your support and look forward to seeing you the next time on the Coin Club Podcast.